Hey guys, this is your host, Evan Singer. Quick PSA before we get into this episode. You'll hear me say multiple times throughout the episode to enter the code PARTRAIN at Roback.com to get 20% off all of their amazing gear. Someone took our promo code and put it up on a few promo code forums, which we can't do. It has to come from us. So um, just make sure you enter the code TRAIN, T-R-A-I-N, to get 20% off at Roback.com. Um, but I just wanted to be super clear because the code PARTRAIN is no longer valid. So just keep that in mind as you listen to the episode, and uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. And we are back for another part train. It's just Evan Strat. And before we get into our intro, Strat, we got to talk about our sponsor, Roback. Okay. It's about time. We've talked a lot about them in the past few episodes as we've partnered up. And we've talked about the quarter zips. Heard of them. It's getting to that time of year. We've talked about the polos. Heard of them. They're the best. But one thing we Mm -hmm. haven't talked about is their performance t-shirts. I will say this, Strat. I know I'm a man of hyperbole, and so sometimes yeah. I got to keep myself in check to make people understand yes. that my enthusiasm is, in fact, real. real. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I will say I don't think I've ever been this excited for a sponsor re- in my life. Yeah, I mean, you, you haven't stopped talking about these things, and it's legitimate. Like, you really haven't stopped talking about these. Am I wearing one right now? I'm sure you're wearing one I right am. now. I am. I'm wearing yeah. one right now. But okay. So, Strad, we've talked a lot about this many times, and I, I want to start with this concept of, you know how you get to a certain age, and you th- I, I call it the H&M rule, where you used to walk into H&M, and you're like, fuck yeah, I can get this button-down shirt for $9, and I just got a steal. And then you realize, mm-hmm. oh, that $9 shirt you got at H&M is tearing in the second week. The collar doesn't stay. It's a piece of shit and you never wear it because it's terrible quality. Yeah. And that moment you have in your life where you're like, okay, you know what? You just want quality. You're willing to pay a little bit more for something that fits you right. You feel good in because you know, it cascades the rest of your life. You know what I'm talking about, right? I do. Yes. Like for me, Buck Mason has been one of those brands with t-shirts and stuff. I know you probably have many brands like this. Um, Many brands, a lot of brands. But when I got this performance tee from Roback, the way I thought about them totally changed because they immediately went to one of those brands for me because now I feel like I have it in so many areas. Like when I got this t-shirt, you might look at the price tag and you'll be like, oh, I don't know if I want to spend, what is it, like 55 bucks? for a performance t-shirt, like, ah, that's a little Mm -hmm. tough. Now, obviously, when you enter the code PARTRAIN, you get 20% off, it'll be in the 40s, which is a steal. But Take advantage. Your your gut might say that it's a little bit too expensive for a t-shirt. But then I started thinking about it. Okay, how much do you spend for a normal workout t-shirt? Like 20, 30 bucks? Yeah, at least. And I was thinking about it. These Nike dry fit and these standard brand dry fit shirts they're kind of like boxy, bulky. They're not really that stretchy or comfortable. They have this weird smell. I'd love to mm-hmm. f- figure out what that smell is. I don't know what that smell is. It's sweatshop. Sweatshop, sure, sure, sure. For yeah. the kids, yeah. And yeah. it's just not that great. Yet you buy it because of the brand name and you end up not feeling great when you wear it. But this, these t-shirts, 
I don't know if I've ever had a workout shirt that fits me this good. It's stretchy as fuck. There's some style to it. Like it's heathered gray and blue, the ones we got. There's a little bit of color around the the neck. A very subtle rowback logo on the bottom left. And the the vintage classic stripes on the back. So you got style, you got function. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm making it too salesy, but I just I can't even help how excited I am about these. I want one in every color. Yeah. No, I heard you say that earlier this morning on the golf course. <laughs> I don't think that you're lying. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little alarmed at how much you like these shirts. Uh, it makes me sad for you that you haven't, uh, that you've gone this long without quality workout gear, but I'm happy that you found it. Yeah. And I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, and you know, our man Deion Sanders said it best. Look good, play good, play good, make love good. Oh. I might have added that last part. But, but that's when accurate. you feel good in the gym and you look good, it's, uh, it affects your whole entire outlook. And, I mean, have we even talked about the four-way stretch? I think I might have mentioned it, but we should talk about it again. I think the... Well, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go, no, go ahead, because you're fired up. Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's another thing, is you genuinely want to work out more when you have good workout gear. But it's not just like, I don't think about it as workout gear. You could probably wear it with jeans. It's versatile. It's, it's very, very versatile. versatile. You can wear it. It's, it's one of those shirts when you get home, it's like an amazing shirt to just put on when you get home, too. It's that comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's a revelation. It's like, you know, you show up for the polos and the quarter zips, and it's like one of those gifts with purchase, you know? You get the little sampler of cologne. You're like, what is this bullshit, this little Coke vial? And then you open up, you're like, oh, oh, dear Lord. Did I just find my scent? Well, you just found something else, and it's the performance tease. And you're, you're going to like them. I can all but guarantee it. And so the last thing I'll say, because this might be the longest sponsor read we've ever done, purely because of my enthusiasm. But I will say, uh, for the listeners out there, they have a little look behind the curtain. I do love our text thread with the Roback founders, because every time they send us something, <laughs> just one of us texts the group, and we're like, these things are fucking awesome. And then Hubs, of course, goes, yes! And then everybody <laughs> freaks out and loves it. And it just it's a testament. When you heard the podcast with them, you know that they're literally doing everything they can to make the best product. And so when you get every piece of their line, it just reiterates the quality and it's totally worth every dollar. And the last thing I'll say, even though I already said that is if you think it's too much to get a t-shirt for 40 something dollars, fucking put this on your list to get for a gift. Yep. There it is. And it's the most versatile thing. You can wear the t-shirt anywhere, work out in it, whatever. Par train, code par train, 20% off. Do it. And we've sold uh, like a few thousand. Um, no big deal. Already. Big deal. So I appreciate you guys um, buying these. Keep it coming. So, okay. That was a long intro um, yeah. for Roback, but they deserve it. Yeah, they do. Okay. So what we're going to talk about today, uh, we've done many chipping aways in the past. The chipping away, if you haven't listened to one before, is basically a very specific topic and we go deep. Okay. Get out your shovel. We're digging deep, and we unpack everything we can with it. We've done um, overcoming fear. We've done golf as an addiction epidemic. We've done the mental game, and we've done the tiger effect. Those are the four chipping aways we've done. And this one is about confidence, okay? And we're going to do a little bit of a different format with this chipping away, okay? We brought in a credible source, uh, a.k.a. success.com heard of it heard of it (laughs) (laughs) seven mental hacks to be more confident in yourself by loray kwai 
written Love Lorray. Lorray. A lot of comments. It's very high on Google. Okay. We mm-hmm. are flying by yeah. the seat of our pants right now. A real, I think a real SEO whiz, Lorray. <laughs> we're going to add a lot of value here. Okay. So we're going to list the seven things and we're going to unpack them for golf and beyond. Okay. Number one, first way to become more confident in yourself, push through self-limiting beliefs, okay? As children, this is a quote, as children, we think we can conquer the world, but somewhere in between childhood and adulthood, our enthusiasm, not me, and natural inclinations to dream big are squashed. Parents and teachers start imposing their own beliefs about what we can and can't do in life. If the instructors at the FBI Academy were not pushing us past our self-limiting beliefs, they weren't doing their job. I don't know what that means. That's weird. I think I think Larray was in the FBI. So we might hear a lot of FBI talk. In oh, this. right. Yeah, I didn't read yeah. the top. Yeah, Larray was from the FBI. Great. Okay. So self-limiting beliefs. Let's talk about this from the golf standpoint. Essentially, the entire game of golf in general. Uh, it's not an easy game probably the hardest sport I've ever attempted to play in my entire life. But one that always pops up, I remember when I was a kid playing with my dad, there was a hole at our local country club and there was a, uh, there was a water hazard, maybe 25 yards in front of the tee box. And I probably hit into the water 75% of the time. Mm. And I returned recently. Uh, My dad is now a member again at the club after stepping away for a little while and they've adjusted <laughs> they've adjusted that tee box to where the water is no longer there and now without fail i i mean i sail the ball over that what would have been the water feature every single time so i remember always thinking on that hole in particular how you know how powerful the mental game was because the only thing i was thinking on that hole rather than how I want to set myself up for my second shot was, please, dear God, just don't hit it into this fucking water again. Mm. And then I would hit it into the water again. So I was already uh, limiting my potential on the whole by focusing on the single worst negative outcome that could occur. And inevitably, it would always end up occurring. So mm. pushing through that and just trying to adjust that mindset as to, you know, like I said, rather than thinking about the water, thinking about, okay, well, if I hit a 180-yard shot here, then I only have 100 yards in, and I'm lethal with the 54, so let's go for that. Hmm. That's interesting. You're thinking yourself around it instead of <laughs> playing with fear and thinking about what not to do. I think another example of this for me would be it's really easy to be intimidated by the task at hand and the environment you're in. So I've talked about it before. Historically, I might play worse with the better players I'm, I'm with because you can start to and have some, a lot of negative self-talk. Um, depending mm-hmm. on how you're playing and, and what environment you're in. So to your point, like let's say you play in wind and historically maybe you haven't played in wind very well because maybe you know you sky the ball and you tower the ball um, yeah. like yours truly. So then your self-limiting belief might be you step up and before the round even starts and you're like, well, fuck, I'm going to get beat down. You basically lose before you start. Yeah, not a good way to play, Bob. No. Okay. So number one, push through self-limiting beliefs. I think that's fair. Number two, yeah. this is interesting. And also, we mm-hmm. haven't even read these. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going. We're doing it. Well, fuck it. We'll do it live. Yeah, we're doing it live. Never confuse memory with facts. That's number two. So, Ray like says, our memory does not store info exactly as it's presented to us. Instead, we extract the gist of the experience and store it in ways that make the most sense to us. That's why different people witness the same event often have different versions. 
your built your brain was built in confirmation bias. That means it stores info that is consistent with your own beliefs, values, and self-image. This selective memory system helps keep the brain from getting overloaded with too much info. So recognize your memory does not provide you with accurate info. If you have low self-esteem, your print your brain tends to store info that confirms your lack of confidence. That will be all you remember about a specific event. First thing that popped into my mind was if you've got a track that you play consistently, you have those holes that you mm. seem to play the exact same every single time, right? Yeah. So you've got, you know, like, for instance, uh, we played this morning at Westchester, hole number two. Uh, typically, y- y- we, you know, the miss on that hole for me tends to be right. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to play your second approach shot over some trees, into a green, over some water. And when you come in to that, situation with that mindset this is kind of like what i was talking about for number one it's tough to shake that off and and approach it from a different mindset which is you know if you're focusing on the fact that you've been striking the ball really well rather than thinking well fuck am i going to end up on the right again maybe that changes the way you approach the hole but the amount of times that i play a hole the exact same way that i always play that hole is frustrating to say the least and i can't be i can't be alone here right no, it's almost similar to what I just said, which is you you might have memory with certain holes, you might have memories with certain courses, you might have memory with certain conditions, with certain playing partners, types of play, so like slow play. You might have all these preconceived notions that you've created in your own mind that says when event or person X enters my world, I crumble. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is not really true you might have done that historically but think about all the variables that come into play that determines your performance it's how you're feeling that day it's what you've eaten that day it's how you're hitting it it's the weather the temperature whether or not you had a 10 minute drive to the course versus a 40 minute drive to the course whether or not you warmed up or you didn't like you can't really compare one day to another because i mean game of golf it's always different that's why the best players in the world can win one week and become last the next week. So I think this is one, this is actually a really interesting one. Um, and I think it's a yeah, good yeah, thing yeah. to remember because your memory is not facts. It's you remember mm-hmm. with your own self-bias, which I've never read before, which I think is interesting. Great, great take, Lorraine. Yeah, that was good, Lorraine. Okay, number three, yeah. talk to yourself. Okay, so this might seem crazy, but it works. This is a quote from Lorraine. <laughs> Talking to yourself can make you smarter, improve your memory, help you focus, and even increase athletic performance. Oh. The documentary The Human Brain claims we say between 300 to 1,000 words to ourselves per minute. The Navy SEALs and Special Forces use the power of positive self-talk as a way to getting through tough times. For example, by instructing recruits to be mentally tough and speak positively to themselves, they can learn how to override fears resulting from the limbic brain system. Okay, nerd, we get it. All right, well, look, this is no big surprise. The... Again, we're going to be using a lot of personal examples here, but rounds that we've played, Evan, where we have been preparing for a team event or Mm -hmm. an upcoming scramble or something, where we talk through every single shot before we take it, uh, we always inevitably end up playing better. Yeah. Um, And and that's probably a lot of it's probably visualization. A lot of it is probably just kind of breaking down some of those. Uh, some of that memory is is not fact shit. Where it's like, all right, well, you know, we're not in position A. It's not ideal, but what shot do we know we can hit and what makes the most sense from here? And oftentimes, maybe talking to yourself, but certainly talking to a friend 
they'll just get you to think about a shot a little bit differently. So you can break out of your normal routine. And rather than thinking, oh, I got 285 to the pin. Yeah, fuck it. I'll grab the three wouldn't go for it. <laughs> if your buddy says, eh, maybe you grab the seven iron and you hit that knockdown 240 shot. And you say, all right, oh, oh, yeah. knock down 240 with the seven iron. And then <laughs> Who doesn't have that? Yeah, it's a stock shot. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, it, just talking through it has always done wonders for me. As long as I stick to it, it can be tough to do it every single hole, especially if you're not playing well. No, that's I'm really glad you brought that up because and I want to give more context of what you mean by talking it through. So we'll literally ask each other, all right, Strat, what are you trying to do here? And you'll say, OK, well, let's say it's like 155. Uh, there's a little wind, little elevation change. There's water on the left. I want to favor the right side. I'm thinking I'm going to play a draw at the right side of the, the green, play it safe, hit it to the middle. And I'll be like, okay, sounds good. And a lot for a lot of people, they'll be like, well, that's pretty basic. But the fact of the matter is, I, I would guess nine times out of 10, you're not really thinking about that. And doing it out loud really helps. I find that it gets you into more of a focus of the process and helps you get into a rhythm of really focusing on each shot one at a time. And you could do this with anything, not just golf, just like a situation, a creative problem, whatever. And suddenly you're really focused on like your approach versus what could go wrong. And I don't know about you, but focusing on the approach versus the result, always a good place to be. Yeah, and you know, if you want to have some extra fun with it, whenever I'm doing this, I always talk in a different accent, you know, just kind of makes it a little bit more fun. Mm. People might think you're a little bit schizophrenic, but fuck them, who cares? You spoke in an Irish accent this morning, I noticed. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do that from time to time. Okay, number four. Think positive to overcome your negativity bias. Oh, here we go. Biases. Hot in the streets these days. Biases. Larray says, since the early days, humans learned to get lunch or be lunch. Hmm, mm. Interesting. Our natural negativity bias has kept us safe from danger for thousands of years. But not every new or different thing is a threat to our survival. This negativity bias can chisel away at our confidence because we're hardwired to pay attention to all that we've done wrong. FBI agents are taught to hunt the good stuff. It can be hard at times because positive info is like Teflon and easily falls away. But negative info, like Velcro, sticks. Oh, I know you like that part. I like that. Okay, so this is actually perfect. I heard this the other day that... Uh, something like 80% of our thoughts are naturally negative. And I think that mm-hmm. just comes from us being animals and the way we're wired is we're wired to survive, right? So if you think about our brains and us as people, it's actually kind of crazy that there are a million things happening inside our bodies and we are constantly surveying what could be a potential fear because our ego and, and our bodies are trying to stay protected. Right, So you have to break out of the natural tendencies of us as primal animals, really. And you have to watch those things, know that they're not you. It's just a habitual primal thing. And you have to remember that you can flip. Your thoughts are not you, basically. Your thoughts are patterns and natural feelings, right? You're bigger than your thoughts. Yeah. So this one... We've talked about it before, I think, in the, um, the mental game episode, but I think it's probably worth repeating that uh, in the book Zen Golf, which is an amazing book, if you guys are interested in this stuff, it's an amazing book. One of the best lessons I learned from that book was counting the number of negative self-talk you had per hole. So you put little tallies on your scorecard, 
and I found that it was pretty common for people I play with. It was at least eighteen, um, a lot many times over thirty, uh, because mm-hmm. you're just so used to you hit a stupid you hit a shot and you're like, well, great shot, idiot, or yep, yeah, not gonna hit this one good, and you're almost like, how are you gonna gain confidence? How are you gonna be confident over the ball if you're leading with your negativity bias? Yeah, I mean, I'd stretch it a little bit further. I'd say, why don't you record yourself or transcribe Whoa. what it was you said to yourself so you can listen to it again later? Because I have said maybe some of the most hurtful things I've ever said in my life to myself after hitting poor golf shots. Is this a uh, content things series? That I would never, things I would never say to anyone in my lifetime. Oh my I have God. said to myself with vitriol because of a stupid golf shot that I hit. So it's tough to do, I think, as we all know, because this game is so frustrating. But something that, in, at least in my game, I've worked very hard to, to try to be more positive on the course and manage that rage a little bit. I keep it bubbling. I keep it percolating because, you know, you might need to call upon it every now and then. Yeah. But uh, it certainly makes for a better golf round when you're able to control that a little bit better. Number five. Should we jump to number five? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take the reins. Right. Number five, raise your curiosity levels. I feel like you're really going to enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. Curiosity is an important trait for FBI agents working investigations and anyone who wants to be confident and successful. Curiosity is the foundation of lifelong growth. If we remain curious, we remain teachable and our minds and hearts grow larger every day. We can retain our beginner's mind by always looking forward and discovering new experiences and uncovering new information. So this one is probably this one's probably pretty tricky, I would imagine, for golf. Because taking into account all of the other things that we've already discussed, your past experiences, your past performances, your your general skill set to still remain curious on a golf course, especially one that you play consistently, can be tough. But I would argue that combining a lot of these things that we've already talked about, like talking it through, playing with buddies that are a little bit better than you, you could probably, you know, my biggest correlation to this would be just playing a track that you've played before in a completely different manner. Mm. I mean, remember when we started what, what's it, hole four or five at Westie, where we always pull out three wood, and then all of a sudden one day we decided we would just start hitting six irons. Mm-hmm. That gave us a perfect approach in with, you know, like a little 120-yard flip wedge. Mm-hmm. And I would argue we probably started scoring better rather than trying to get on the green once out of every 10 shots with the three wood. Yeah, That requires a little bit of curiosity to see if it's going to work. But playing that way, especially at places you've played before, I think can always result in some interesting revelations your thoughts love that and i think i'll take it i'll i'll take a page from your book i'll take it a step further uh the first thing i thought of when i read this you know i love curiosity and wonder i think one of the best ways to remain curious on the course is in trouble so a lot of times it's easy to get down on yourself if you're missing fairways if you're punching out between trees if you're having to get creative and that can really bog you down, can take you out of your rhythm and can get rid of all your energy, right? It, it becomes, you're not confident over the ball. You're, you're uncomfortable over the ball. And I think just simply changing your perspective to being curious of, okay, I wonder, I wonder if I can make par from here. This could be like one hell of a par, you know, let's see how I can think about this differently. Let's see if I can maybe run one through there and put one on and give myself a chance. 
at par. And suddenly you start getting curious about different shots, getting creative and staying open to what could be. Suddenly that par you made after you topped one off the tee or you hit in an area that you didn't think could happen. I mean, look at Tiger. Tiger was Mm -hmm. stranded all over the place when he won the Masters this year. And Mm -hmm. that guy made par from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And wasn't that more fun to watch than fairway to green? Sure was. And I believe that an up and down par gives you more energy in a round than anything. So par train, you know, it's on brand. Have you heard of it? I love raise your curiosity levels. Okay. Yeah, I knew you would. Uh, Number six. This one's a big one. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah. Overcome self-doubt. I mean, is this mm, not quintessential easy. confidence I, right here? Is that it? Is that it? That's all it takes? <laughs> so let's see what LeRae has to say. Quote, if you lack self-confidence, you will always feel like you're at the mercy of other people. Preach. When you assume a victim mentality, you're no longer resilient to life's inevitable obstacles and roadblocks. FBI agents go where they are needed, not to where they feel most comfortable. LeRae was assigned investigations where she had no idea how to solve. Is it a girl? The guy? Oh, yeah, an interesting. I don't know. You kind of just ran with that. I'm not yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but my okay. thinking was this: drop me in the middle of any squad or any situation, anytime, anywhere. I will not be scared because I am confident I will succeed wherever I am. Oh my god. Yeah. This, this. This is very similar to what I just said. Okay, I'll give you a perfect example, Strap. Okay. Okay. Um, go ahead. I was in a member guest. You've heard of it. Back oh, home. Yeah. And my mm-hmm. buddy and I finished fourth and we would send, you know, each other quotes in the morning and we were pumping each other up and keeping each other in a positive mindset. And I'll never forget our first match of day one. This carries a lot of, uh, a lot of nerves, right? Because if, if you lose a match by a certain amount of points, you get negative. So if you lose your first match by two, you end up getting, you start negative two and the other team is up plus three going into the point system. So you really get behind the eight ball. And I'll never forget these two old guys are playing us in our flight. And they go, all right, who needs to hit first? And we did the T thing. And they go, well, I guess, I guess we got to hit now. I guess we got to hit the ball at some point. And you could tell, like, they just didn't want to be there. They had no confidence. I turned to Ryan and I said, I mean, did they basically just give us the match? Because this thing sure over before it started. And it's that mentality sure of, like, I don't care where my ball goes. We talked about this in the mental game. I don't care where my ball goes. I will find a way to do the best I can from wherever it is. And that's all you can do. And I think that's with anything. You got to let go, literally release the club, let go, and Mm -hmm. just fucking play and see where it happens. I think a a lot of times we get in, in trouble because we're hanging on. We're trying to steer the ball. When, when you're trying to steer the club and steer things in your life, it's not free flowing. It's not releasing. You know? Yeah, the, the last line of this rang true to me, which was oh, when LeRae says, drop me, drop me in the middle of any squad or situation, anytime, anywhere. I will not be scared because I'm confident I'll succeed wherever I am. I have the delusional ideal that every single time, and I've mentioned this before, every time I show up for a round of golf, I'm convinced I'm shooting under par. <laughs> I'm like, this is the day. This is the fucking day. My outfit is fucking awesome. Clubs are very clean. I got a good set of balls in the bag. Like, this is the day. And inevitably, what ends up happening is sometimes you start out with the birdie and you're like, yep, 100%. I'm going to birdie par every single hole. But where this gets difficult 
is once you start to run into adversity, at least for me. So you get that bogey hole and you're thinking, okay, and you, you all of a sudden you start to negotiate with yourself where you think, okay, that's no big deal. I'll just have, if I can get one bogey for this entire round, I'll have never done that before. This will be great. And then you get a double bogey. You say, okay, fuck it. As long as I don't get a triple bogey, I'm going to be fine. This is an okay round. And then inevitably the wheels come off on some hole and trying to get that absurd level of confidence back, at least for me, is all but impossible unless I start to play well again, but it's tough to dig out of that hole. So I go from one extreme of being so completely sure mm -hmm. of the fact that I'm gonna have the course record and probably a couple holes in one in one round, to next thing you know, I'm ready to sell my fucking clubs on Craigslist. I'm taking pictures of them in the bag, uploading them to the goddamn website. Mm. So then all of a sudden, you know, you make a par and a bird, and you're like, oh, maybe, well, let's see what we can muster. So trying to maintain an even keel, and you, and you hear this from pros all the time, is, you know, they're, they don't show their emotions, they try to remain very steady. That is difficult for me, because I'm a passionate guy, okay? I got a lot of emotions, I run, yeah. I run very hot. He runs hot. But I think that, that would be my biggest struggle. The self-doubt is not there, it is, there is no self-doubt when I show up, but as soon as things start to go undone, then it can really fall apart quickly. So trying to figure out how to manage that would be my biggest struggle. Well, the interesting thing about what you just said is you got to have confidence, right? This episode's about confidence, but you got to have confidence without an attachment to the outcome. So you got to have confidence in your abilities where you trust it, you're feeling good over the ball because you're focused on your process, focusing on uh, what you're trying to do, but you're not hanging on and you're not tying your results to your identity. That's another important piece of it, right? You got to know that you can drop you in any situation, anytime, anywhere, and you can succeed, but you're not going to be beat down if one hole you don't succeed because you're not tying that to your identity. Rory McIlroy said that at the Masters this year. He says, I am not my scores. And he had a great year, you know? Uh -huh. So um, even Rory McIlroy, this guy won so many majors so fast and then suddenly he doesn't win years on end. You could really start to have self-doubt, right? Number six. And yeah. so what he had to do is he had to let go of his results and just have still have confidence, but do it in a way that provides him a little bit more freedom. And I think that's a perfect combo. Number seven. I'll go ahead and take it. Last one. Number seven, face your fears. Heard mm. of it. When we feel in control, we are not afraid. When we have a level of comfort with something, it's not scary. When we don't feel in control, we don't think clearly because our emotional brain is in the driver's seat and takes over. Wow, this feels very appropriate for what I just said. <laughs> this is why fear often seems random and irrational. Our emotions are in control. To increase safety, FBI agents are taught to move closer to the threat. It does no good to avoid, deny, or ignore the fear. So, okay, feel a little bit attacked, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm sure Lorray meant no harm by this. Just chill the fuck out, Lorray. Uh, you don't know me. <laughs> Maybe she does. Uh, but I know. Yeah, or he, you know, we don't know. All oh, right, gender yeah. spectrum. Sure. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this makes sense. I mean, this again goes back to I me. Mean, you want to go full circle? This goes back to the hole with the water that I was always scared of. You know, mm -hmm. learning to lean into that fear and and accept it as a, a portion of a you know multi multi part uh, orchestra of what you're trying to accomplish. I think will help in all of those endeavors. So if I accept the fact that I had a couple sprays to the right with my irons that I've never had before on the range, I think to myself, okay, there's a chance I might have some of those, but you know, out of my 
80 or 70 so shots that I'm going to take today, there's going to be a lot of them that aren't that shitty shot. So why don't I just not worry about it? If it happens, it happens. And then we move on and we try to hit the next shot to recover from that shitty shot to get us where we need to be at the end of this hole. So, you know, I, I feel like that always happens to me, particularly whenever we play tournament golf, I always get super amped up because I get excited and I want to do well. But yeah. then next thing you know, I get one bad hole and it typically happens early and I never play as well in tournament golf as I do when it's just us fucking around. Yeah. And that certainly is the fear of, of failure, the fear of looking silly in front of your buddies and people you don't know. And then just the fear of not playing well. It all manifests itself into one big O motherfucker that, uh, that can really screw your score. Well, isn't it so funny how you can spend an entire round holding on against like a big miss and usually in those rounds, you're hitting the big miss anyways. And usually when you hit that point where you're like, oh, the round's over, fuck it, you turn it around and you play yeah. well. <laughs> yep. So it's like the yep. game of opposites, really. When you're trying to hold on against something happening, it usually happens. And when you let go and say, well, it could happen, could not happen, what's the worst that happens? Fucking ball goes in the water and I take a drop and I make a bogey or a double? Okay, cool. Did I die? No. <laughs> I'm still God, here. I fucking hope not. I hope not. <laughs> All right. So a real quick recap. Push through your self-limiting beliefs. Never confuse memory with facts. Talk to yourself. Think positive to overcome your negativity bias. Raise your curiosity levels. Overcome self-doubt and face your fears. Now, Strat, one thing I wanted to ask you, when you look back on the rounds where you played your best or you felt the most confident over the ball, forget even playing your best, but you felt confident. Is there something that you were thinking or that you were doing? It's not just that you were hitting the ball well. Was there something else that you did that was going on that gave you that confidence? Can you think of a time like that? I think a lot of the times it's, it's if my brain is pretty clear and I'm not thinking about a lot of shit. So, you know, you hear the old adage, like you never want multiple swing thoughts. Mm -hmm. And every time that I've ever been playing well, I don't, I don't even know if I really have a swing thought. I'm just kind of focused. I'm, I'm playing well enough to where I can focus on the actual game itself. And I'm just completely in the moment and I'm not worrying about mitigating the misses, like you kind of said earlier. Which is tough to do, though, because, you know, you're very you're not often in that situation where you are completely in the zone, so to speak. And you're usually always working on something when we get out there because we don't play enough to be, you know, we're not playing multiple times a day like some people are fortunate to do. But right. times where I've played the best is just where I'm not really thinking of much. I'm just focused on the, the actual round itself. And I'm just kind of thinking I want to do this shot. And then next thing you know, I actually hit the shot. So. It's probably a terrible piece of advice, but, you know, just trying to kind of maybe release yourself from any of those negative thoughts and, and maybe any swing thought and just hit it where it goes and kind of go from there. Yeah, because I, I, I'm thinking, you know, there might be some listeners here, whether they're 15 handicap, 20 handicap, even six handicap that sometimes that might respond to this and say, how the fuck can I have confidence when the ball is going all over the place, which I can totally empathize with because I did it today. <laughs> I literally have no confidence <laughs> right now in where the ball is going. I think that's a really interesting question because you don't really want to rely on your results to dictate your confidence in yourself, right? It goes mm -hmm. back to tying your results to your identity. So I think, I think back to me of what 
has worked with me. It's similar to what you said, but it's a little bit different in the sense that um, going back to the member guest for a second and how we talked about playing courses that you've never played well on, I have never played well on that course. And mm. I was thinking a lot about it going home before the tournament. And I'm like, okay, I've got this like mental block. What, what number was that? It's um, my memory. I, I was number confusing two. memory with facts, right? And mm -hmm. so I thought I said to myself, I've never feel comfortable in any hole. I hit slightest shot offline and I'm behind a tree and elevated greens. It's all tough. I've never played it well. So I told myself day one, you know what? And this might sound corny, but it worked. And this goes to like talking to myself. I literally said on every hole, that's a, that's a pretty hole. I like never oh. noticed. I never noticed the beauty of it. Big course, big course beauty guy. Big course beauty guy. And I, and I realized, you know what? I'm out here in nature with friends playing a game. And it's really easy to get wrapped up in this self-doubt and trying to like perform. And sometimes it's not about efforting. It's about letting go and just letting it happen. And so what I used is like, all right, let me try and just like see the beauty out here. It's very Legend of Bagger Vance, but it actually worked for me where I was like, all right, let me try and see the beauty. Let me notice a tree that I haven't noticed before. Let me notice the, the, the type of grass. Let me look at a water hazard and a fountain. And just kind of like when I'm not hitting, I'm looking around and I'm, I'm almost trying to be really present with noticing things around me that I haven't noticed. And that put me in a really calm state of mind. And love that. whether or not you call that confidence, it's not that I was necessarily like, all right, I'm going to fucking kill this. It was more calm. It was tranquility and calm that led to confidence almost opposite of what fear is, right? Um, just because sure. I was in the moment. So that's, that's kind of what's worked for me. Is there anything else that you can think of in regards to confidence that we should cover? I guess this would relate to confidence, but this is also just about maybe emotion management. But like I mentioned before, I used to get super angry on the golf course because I, I wanted to play well. I would be super, I'd get myself amped up the entire night before to show up for the round and have a great range session and then go onto the course and you hit a few shitty shots and it all comes undone. But I remember I had a friend, Stu Bone, you know him. Yeah. He's, a, he's a fan of the pod. So Just had a kid. Congratulations. Oh, Beautiful congrats, baby boy. Yeah. But he, I remember one time he hit a bad shot and he grabbed his golf towel and he just screamed into it really fucking loud <laughs> one time. One time. That was it. And then it was like he was chilling. I was like, what, what was that? And he's yeah. like, you know, you got to get, you got to release that negative emotion, bro. He's like, you can't let it fester. If it festers, then it just bubbles and bubbles and bubbles. You got to release it when it happens. Mm. And Something about that is very satisfying to me. Um, and you got to be careful how you release it. You don't want to be snapping clubs. You know, you only got 14 in the bag, okay? If you're having a bad round, you're going to be screwed. Rollback doesn't do hard goods but, yet. <laughs> yeah, they don't make clubs yet, all right? You can't use that fucking that promo code. You can try, but it's not going to work. But releasing that negative energy, you know, is, is actually a really good way, at least for me, I've found, to just let it go and get back to focusing on the game all of the the holes and potential shots and, and pars and birdies and bogeys that you have in front of you without hanging on to that bullshit that you just created so that's actually a piece of advice that has helped me a lot um and like i said just just think maybe get yourself a couple of 
rowback performance tees because in addition to the four-way stretch they have incredible acoustic dampening products when you scream into it mm. wow talk about full circle all right yeah. i love that all right i think that's it for confidence we did have one fun little segment we wanted to end on which is if you guys don't follow us on twitter and instagram at the part train you might want to get involved uh we posted a question that's been getting a lot of fun responses today um so i would love to hear us talk through this especially strat because you're a dad um the question Mm. is you're a dad and you have to choose one of the guys below i'll list them out to date your hypothetical daughter or if you have a daughter you can empathize with this even more who do you pick number one or yeah or 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 your son you know i mean maybe or son we don't know yeah yeah your son Um, we're sex positive number one walk through the line on the green guy that's number one number two blackout drunk guy Number three, okay. doesn't fix the divot guy. Oh, number wow. four, excuses guy. Number five, mm. long pre-shot routine guy. Okay. Okay. Um, blackout drunk guy, he's, he can be annoying, but the guy, really, at the end of the day, he's either showing up for a good time or he's trying to drink his pain away. So blackout <laughs> drunk guy, he's not the worst, not the best. Uh, long pre-shot routine guy. That's a dude who's just too, he's got to get out of his own way, mm-hmm. right? He needs to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Again, annoying, not a complete deal breaker. This mm-hmm. is a guy who's probably just a little too careful. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did we have? Excuses guy. Excuses guy is annoying because this is a dude who can't admit fault. This is a guy who wants you to think that he's better than he actually is. So that guy, he's very close to the top of my list of guys that I don't like. Right. Uh, who else did we have? We had don't fix divot guy. I don't fucking like that guy. No, because it's pure and utter disrespect yep. to the golfers behind you, to the golfers in front of you that eventually will come behind you again. That's what she said. This is a guy who doesn't give a shit about himself or others so much that he will leave a destroyed golf course for others to play through. And that's kind of similar to walk through the line guy. I think the main issue I'm finding here is there's a lack of respect. So I'm going to say doesn't fix the divot guy is my number one target. Walk through your line guy, very close second, followed in third place by excuses guy because he's the most annoying. But those first two, I mean, those are corporal offenses right there. Those are punishable by death. Yeah, I there's been some funny comments. Shoots Golf commented on Twitter, none of these guys will be dating my daughter. <laughs> Oh, fair. That's very fair. Um, fair. One guy says, your daughter's going to have sex whether you like it or not. And I was like, whoa. Oh, classic. Love that guy. (laughs) Uh, You guys got to check out all the replies on Twitter and Instagram. They're fantastic. I posted some on our Instagram story, too. I think mine is long pre-shot routine guy just because the others, like you said, lack respect. The other is out of control with his drinking. and at least long pre-shot routine guy, the worst case scenario is he's just going to take a while in the Thanksgiving buffet line, you know, which might be a little annoying, but at least he's probably going to let my daughter walk all over him. So that's probably what I'm going to do. So you're cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's always good for the kids. That's a positive male figure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. I think that's it. Anything else besides promo code PARTRAIN at Roback for 20% off? All right, guys, (laughs) go out there. And stop being so damn hard on yourself. Be confident. Yeah. It's just a game. Fun. Game of life. Game of golf. You've heard of it. Keep on it. Keep on it. And Google LaRay, success.com. If you guys want to yeah. 
you know, re-look at this article. I mean, Larray is... <laughs> it's Truth bombs. Stuff. Just a real fountain of confidence uh, quips. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. Well, um, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Test, 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 test. Riff, riff, riff. One, two, three. Rubble Stilskin, my man. You who with a little bit of rum, you who with a little bit of rum. <laughs>